0: Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3. And uh, it says this in the NIV. And he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, that is a very direct statement by the Lord. I'm telling you a truth, he said. This is not. Maybe it's not a possibility. It's not something that could. I'm telling you a truth, he said. Unless you and I change and become like little kids, we're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. I want to talk to you this morning about two sides of the coin. Two sides of the coin. We've been on a, a theme over the last couple of weeks about repentance. And, and repentance is a very crucial part of our walk with God. And um, it should never become something foreign to us. It should never be something that we're unwilling to do. If we're unwilling to repent, we need to repent. And so in Jesus' preaching of the kingdom of God, It is seen that truth, this truth that he's talking about, is that repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. A coin always has two sides. People are deciding who gets to go first, by which side the coin maybe lands on the ground heads or tails. When you're flipping the coin you never catch the coin that's not what you you always have to let the coin drop and whatever happens heads or tails whoever has chosen gets to go first or they get to choose to go first or second whatever they decide you see it happen in sports events it's um it's kind of a big deal uh who gets to flip the coin and it's a big deal who gets to choose the choice of what they desire But when it comes to the kingdom of God, there are two sides to the coin, and both are necessary. One side is repentance, and the other side is faith. By repentance, you and I turn away from sin. By faith, we turn towards God in accepting Him as Savior. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot turn towards God without repenting. And you cannot repent without turning towards God. Both are absolutely crucial in your decision making. Why is that important? Well, it's important because it's it's not enough just to come and spend a few minutes at an altar and ask God to forgive you. And then continue to be however you were before. It's not enough to just say you got faith in God and expect salvation. Neither one of those things will be what's necessary to get you to where God's taken you. But if an individual makes a decision... To say, I'm going to give my heart to God in a good old-fashioned time of repentance. And through that repentance, your faith is activated. That you give your heart for the rest of your life to an almighty God. Let me tell you, there is absolutely nothing that can stop you from serving God. People who have difficulty serving God have not truly repented. You say well I did that 20 years ago pastor that was good but you need to do it again because if you're having difficulty today serving God then there's repentance that needs to happen Because when repentance happens, faith happens. And when faith happens, there's nothing in this world that can stop you from serving God with everything within you. Both sides of the coin are necessary. What good would it be if some some professional person, some important person, some high-profile person took out the coin to flip to see who was going to get to. Choose first, play first, make the decision first. And both sides were heads. What purpose would it be if both sides were tails? I mean, that would be kind of silly. There wouldn't be anything decided. Nothing would be decided. No decision would be made. There would be no progress. When I serve God, when I work for, live for God, when I give my heart to God, repentance Activate something in my life. Activation of serving God with everything within me. I'm not just trying to appease my conscience. I'm not just trying to be able to say, you know what, now I'm a Christian. No, no, no. I want there to be repentance that activates faith to serve God. I want faith that's activated, that gives me a, a heart of repentance that says, I'm going to have both sides of the coin. You've maybe been part of a situation where someone has half heartedly said they were sorry. Or it was said out of necessity, and you didn't really feel like it was coming from the heart. Ever happened to you? well, you need to apologize. Okay, I apologize. You ever had that type of situation and you just didn't feel like, hmm, it wasn't really sincere? Sometimes our serving God is that way. Well, you know what? I got caught. I got trapped. I got in a situation and and you know what, I just, I, I just need to make that right. and move. No, no, that, repentance says something in our heart that we turn away from. And we turn towards him. I'm just going to keep preaching it until God moves me on to something else. So I'm just preaching the same message with a different title each week. So if you, come, if you come to another service and it's got a different title and I start with repentance, you, you know what's happening. It's not that I don't have anything else to preach. I'm going to preach what God tells me to preach because you know what? Something has to happen in our spirit that there's a two-fold conversion. I repent of how I am and I'm giving everything necessary to Him because of who He is. That two. Full turning or conversion is necessary for an entrance into the kingdom. That's why the Lord said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That seems judgmental. That seems negative. That seems like uh, that's a harsh side of the message. But that's one side of the coin. That part is crucial. The positive Or the merciful side is these words. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. That's the other side of the coin. That's where people are turning towards God. They're turning away from sin and they're turning away from God. And Jesus said, unless I repent, I'm going to perish. But when I do, all heaven." Gets excited about my turning towards him. The enemy is upset because I no longer belong to him. And heaven gets excited because I turn towards them. And Jesus is now the leader of my heart and of my soul. Two sides of the coin. This is how it is in Scripture. Luke 13, in the NIV verse 1, it says, Now there was some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. That's the one side of the coin. Doesn't matter how much sin, what sin, who sinned, how the sin happened, who the sin happened to. Does None of those things determine whether I have to repent or not. He just makes it clear, unless I do, I'm going to perish. That's one side. Luke writes in chapter 15, the other side. Verse 3, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders And goes home then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me I have found my lost sheep I tell you that in the same way that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent or suppose he said A woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, he said, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You see both sides of the coin. Both are necessary. One without the other will not work. Unless I see the absolute need to repent, I won't. Unless I see my absolute need to turn towards God, I won't. Listen, you can your flesh your flesh is not wanting any of that stuff. Oh, your spirit does. Say, Pastor, my goodness. Yeah, no, your spirit does. Your flesh doesn't. You can't trust your flesh. There's nothing good in your flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Both sides of the coin is necessary. Unless I repent, I'm going to perish. But when I do, heaven rejoices. Yeah, that's, that's both sides of the coin. See, we, we see the two sides, the two sides of the kingdom of God, the two sides of a decision to follow the Lord. There's various kinds of repentance. You can see various kinds throughout Scripture, a natural repentance, or, or that which is just merely the effect of a natural conscience. A national repentance where you see as the Jews were in Babylon and they, they, they were in, in bondage. And there's a national, an external repentance. And you can see that in the case of Ahab. A hypocritical repentance in the case of Ephraim. A legal repentance, which is a mere work of the law and doing it out of like it being a checklist. Or an evangelical repentance. Repentance, a true repentance, which consists of conviction of sin. Accompanied by the sorrow of it. I don't want to do it anymore. The hatred of it. I cannot be involved in that again. It's not. Just, well, we're going to do it as a nation. Or we're just going to do it in some temporal way. Or we're going to do it in some hypocritical way. Or we're going to do it in some uh, legalistic way. No, no. Don't, don't get caught up in all the things that, that everyone would suggest. You and God are making a decision. I, I, I'll be cautious. All the young people, most of the young people are in Friday. 10th. So I'm going to talk to most of the parents. If you tell your child that they're not wrong, and they are, I'm going to disagree with you and tell them that they're wrong. Say, Pastor, no, seriously. Repentance is necessary. It's one side of the coin well, you know what, you can come to church and you can be what you want and do what you want and act like you want. No, I'm going to disagree with you. And I'm going to tell them that they need to turn towards God like they never did before. That's our young people, our children. So I tell you as adults today, today, the same thing. You can't dabble in the world and expect everything to be okay. You can't serve God on Sundays and Wednesdays and have a true relationship with Him. You can't pray only when you're caught in a situation and expect God to answer. You can't just read His Word when it's convenient or when you have time. You can't just come to church when the weather's good Or when you got nothing else to do? Or nothing else hits your priority list greater? No. No, no. This is a turning towards God with a repentance that says, I am going to make sure, make sure that my life with Him is number one. Say, well, you know what? Uh, Things are... Tough in the family, things are tough in the marriage, things are tough with the kids. Thing. let me tell you, things will be tough no matter what decision you make. So why not just make the right decision and make sure that you, you, are right with God? You're you're making, we're making, everyone's making hard decisions all the time. But there's two sides of this coin. And one is repentance that turns away from. And one is faith that turns towards him. Evangelical repentance. A sincere repentance. A true repentance. That's why Jesus used the example of little children in Matthew 18. Unless I change and become like a little child doesn't matter that I've been in church all my life. It doesn't matter that I'm a pastor. The superintendency doesn't change anything. None of those things change anything. Unless I become a child. I'm not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That that verse has got a lot in it. That first phrase that, Except ye be converted, or unless you and I are saved from the focus of our culture, our society, the temporal. This is just for a a, a little space of time. It's not the spiritual kingdom. It's not. This is just temporal. Unless I turn my focus away from this world, it does not matter. That I'm popular it does not matter that I have the best it does not matter that I attain greater than everyone else uh, unless I repent that's what's going to change my life if I live in just a little old place with very little to my name if I'm a repented person and my faith is towards God That's what's going to last forever. I want you to have careers. I want you to have great jobs. I want your kids to do well. But unless repentance happens, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven unless you be clothed with the spirit of humility and enter into A spiritual design of what God has for eternal kingdom. That's what's gonna last. My life can be taken today. This could be my last day on this earth. But let me tell you, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. The name of that kingdom. When he says the kingdom of heaven, it's got to be that's what's in my mind. That's how I think. That's what my focus is. It's got to be that that's where my mindset is. The kingdom is heavenly. The subjects are heavenly minded. You and I, being heavenly minded... The country is heaven. We're strangers and pilgrims here. This is not my home. This is not where I plan on staying. This is not the end result. This is just a moving place. It's just a temporal position. My country is heaven. I'm heavenly minded, I'm a heavenly subject, and my country is heaven. And the government of that heaven is holy, spiritual, and divine. There is nothing fragmented, there is nothing partial. There is nothing superficial, there is nothing about heaven that is not spiritual, that is not divine, that is not holy, that is not righteous. Everything about there. That's the coin that I'm talking to you this morning about. And to get there, I've got to become like a child. What is, what is the Lord speaking about? If you go back to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2, in Matthew chapter 3 verse 2, he he speaks about the kingdom of heaven being at hand, at hand. He's referring to a prophecy of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, where the reign of Christ among men is expressly foretold. And this phrase, the kingdom of God, means the same thing, namely the dispensation of the infinite mercy, the manifestation of eternal truth, producing a true knowledge of God, accompanied with a worship that is pure and holy and worthy, that God, who is the institutor of this kingdom, is pleased with His his body, that are worshiping Him in His spirit and in truth. But why is it called a kingdom? Because it has its laws. All the moral precepts of the gospel. You and I, all who believe in Jesus Christ. And, and Him as King. The sovereignty of heaven. He is the creator, the sustainer, the provider. He is the Savior. There's guidelines. The guidelines is, is because it's His kingdom. Jesus never saved a soul which he did not govern. I cannot call myself a child of God unless he governs my life. I cannot say I love the Lord unless he's Lord of my life. If I say, I love you, Lord, then that means he's governing my life. He never saved a soul that he didn't govern. And his his price that was paid of his life so that I could live. His desires for me not just to have temporal life. It's his will that everybody has eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life so why is it called the kingdom of heaven because god designed that this kingdom of grace here should resemble what the kingdom of glory above already is. The Lord teaches us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's already there. Paul said it this way. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink. It's not the natural things that you and I see. But rather, that kingdom of heaven is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not the gratifications of of the things of this world or the passions or the ambitions of this world. That's all fine and dandy, but that won't get you to the kingdom. That is meat and drink, that's natural, that's temporal. That will not last. The kingdom that he's talking about is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, what can there be more than what can there be more than this in glory? If while we're here, he wants us to live. And attain reach for strive for the kingdom of heaven righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost how could it be greater and more awesome in heaven well here's here's how it is righteousness in heaven is without sin peace in heaven is without turmoil There's not going to be any turmoil in heaven. There's not going to be any sin in heaven. And joy? There's no sadness in heaven. Everything about heaven is going to be without strife, without contention. There's not going to be any misery, and there's not going to be any death. There's not going to be any sickness, and there's not going to be any crime." You're not going to have to pay a bill. You're not going to get tired. You're not going to get old. You're Not going to need your glasses and the hearing aids will not be necessary. Arthur will not be there unless it's a person. I'm speaking about arthritis. Won't be present. He won't be there. He's not allowed to show up. None of that's going to be there. We have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost here. Let me tell you, over there, everything that combats you here will not be there. You don't have to fight to wake up. Did you ever notice that music come? Did you ever notice that the best day to sleep in is Sunday? You got Saturday off, you think you're going to sleep in, you'll wake up early in the morning. But you have plans to go to church on Sunday, you could sleep till dinner time if you didn't get yourself up. It's amazing. I had to go early to the airport on Saturday morning. I had my alarm set for 4.30. And I usually never have to set an alarm, but I didn't want to be late. And I sure didn't want to miss my plane. And so at 4.29, I awoke. Before the alarm, one minute, I turned it off. Before it rang, I was kind of proud of myself, but unless I determined to get my carcass out of bed on Sunday, I could sleep right through church. In heaven, you won't get tired. There's not going to be any night. And there's no need for any other light because He's the light. The weather will be perfect. It will. You're going to be changed and be like Him. Your corruption is going to take on incorruption and your mortality is going to take on immortality. All of this is dependent on two sides of the coin. Repentance that turns away and faith that turns toward. Oh, listen, I could tell you all kinds of other stuff that'll happen along the way, but unless those two things happen, you're not getting any farther. Unless those two things happen, you can have a list from here to yon, and it ain't going to do you any good because it's only going to start with me turning away from the world and turning towards God. And when that happens in my life, everything else will blossom. Everything else will unfold. Everything else will uh, 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 bloom in my life the way God wants it. Sometimes my struggles are not because of the enemy. You ready? Some of my struggles are not because of the enemy. Some of my struggles are because my repentance is not sincere of what I'm trying to get rid of. And when, my, and when I make my decision to give it all to Jesus, I turn away from and I turn towards him. When I make that decision, there's nothing in hell that can stop me from serving God to the best of my ability. Not a thing. Nothing in this world, nobody, no thing, no circumstance, no situation, nothing can stop me. When I give everything to Him, turn away from the past and towards Him, Let me set both sides of the coin. When that happens in my life, you're on the right track for freedom and liberty. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Everything about your life is changed at repentance.